Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hey, thank you so much for listening. This week's episode is a special one. It is a live replay of the clubhouse room that I hosted along with my amazing friends, Aaron Stevens, Tracy Milligan, AC Brown, and Amari Ice. And this was a room that we did on Tuesday, October 19th, so just this past week. And it was about how to date by your human design, which is a huge topic, a fun topic. We had a great discussion. And whether you are brand new to human design or you are familiar with it already, I think that you will get a lot out of it. So I'm excited for you to hear it. If you've never been on Clubhouse, this will give you a little bit of a sense of what it sounds like to be on Clubhouse. Just so you know, there is a speaker stage and people come up to the stage and they say their piece, they ask their questions. So if you're like, where are these people? Where are they coming from? What what am I talking about, about raising your hand? And that's all Clubhouse lingo, which you are more than welcome to join us. My club on Clubhouse is called the True Love Society, and I would love for you to join us. We have almost 100,000 members as of today's recording, and it's an incredible community of people from all around the world. It's totally free. And if you join the club, then you will get notified of all of our weekly rooms, which is True Love Tuesday every Tuesday on a different topic about love, just like this podcast. And on Mondays, it is Manifestation Monday, where we talk about manifestation, what we're manifesting, how to manifest how to clear those blocks to manifestation to allow the things that you want to come through in your life. It's an awesome room, always an awesome conversation. So I definitely invite you to join us on Clubhouse. And I also want to take a moment to let you know about the True Love Society community that exists off of Clubhouse. That is my membership community. It is for single women who are actively seeking a healthy, loving, true love relationship and created this community to support you on that journey and to give you lots of resources, advice. We have monthly Q&As where you can ask me anything. We have monthly masterclasses where I go deeper on a particular subject related to your dating journey. There's also a library of past events and resources. So there's lots of materials there to support you, not to mention the incredible community of women, not to exclude any men or any men identifying people. It's just that it started as a community of women and I've asked the members, hey, how do you feel about opening it up? And everyone says, oh, I kind of like that it's just women. And so I'm going to keep it that way for the time being. And anyway, I want to give a shout out to the True Love Society community and invite you to go to thetruelovesociety.com for more information. You can sign up. Membership is $25 a month. So $25 a month to get a lot of coaching from me. And also you can cancel your membership at any time. So I invite you to check out the True Love lovesociety.com and to join us. And without further ado, let's get into this episode about dating by your human design. If you are not familiar with human design, you're going to learn a little bit about it. And please be sure to get your human design chart so you can follow along. And you can do that by Googling human design chart. And I go a little bit more into that in the actual replay of the episode. And last but not least, I want to say an extra special thank you and shout out to AC Brown and Amari Ice, who are my friends, my co-collaborators, and also amazing human design experts who brought their expertise and their wisdom to this conversation. And I want to encourage you to follow them both. They are Prince Amari. Amari is Prince Amari on Instagram and Twitter and Clubhouse. 
And AC Brown is AC Brown, A-Y-C-E-E Brown on all of those same platforms. AC also has an incredible podcast called Is My Aura On Straight, which I want to give a huge shout out to, encourage you to check out, particularly if you want to go deeper on the topic of human design. All right. Now, really, really, without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode on how to date by your human design type. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the True Love Society. Welcome to True Love Tuesday. Welcome to this week's True Love topic, which is how to date by your human design. Human design is one of our favorite topics here at the True Love Society, and I'm very excited for today's conversation. It's going to be fun. We are here every Tuesday talking about dating and your dating journey and a different aspect of it. And last week we talked about self-worth, which is a really, really important topic, but also a real, it can be a really heavy topic, right? It's essential. So we don't ever want to lose uh, sight of self-worth, but it's also nice to take a break from the heavy stuff and to really have some fun with human design. And human design is just so much fun. So those of you who have been a member of the True Love Society for a while, you know that we, for many, many months, for like almost a year, we hosted a weekly room about human design called Human Design Happy Hour on Fridays. It's currently on hiatus, but we are revisiting one of our favorite topics, human design, for today's room. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. I want to also just give a heads up that I am recording this room. It's going to be released as an episode of my podcast, Dear Franny. So this Friday's episode is going to be a replay of this room. I want to take a breath (laughs) and welcome Erin and Tracy and Amari to the stage and AC Brown. She is coming. She's just running a little late because she's finishing up something, but she will be here too for this discussion. You got me, Amari and AC talking about both love and human design. It's a pretty rare occasion and it's pretty exciting. And of course, Erin and Tracy holding us down as they always do. So how is everyone? And number one, I'd love to hear how you're all doing. And Amari, can I kick it to you to give a brief overview of the five different aura types so people can just get that general overview before we get into the dating specifically? Shout out to Amari Ice, who is an incredible relationship coach, matchmaker, human design expert, hypnotherapist. He does it all. He scalps our edges, but he does it with like such love. And um, it's a real treat to have you here on Tuesday, Amari. So thanks for being here. And let me know if you have any questions about dating by your human design or anything. Erin, hi, honey. How are you? I'm great. This is a very big week for my family. I keep on talking about it because I'm super proud. But today, the Chicago Sky had a whole parade on Sunday, and I'm just still celebrating my family. So there's that. In terms of dating by human design, I just love to hear you break it down. I know there's so many different combinations, and I know manifesting generators are where a lot sometimes. So not just compatibility, but just ways to understand a potential partner, regardless of what aura type they are. Can it work? (laughs) Can any aura type work with any aura type or are there stronger partnerships or is it just a matter of really just understanding your partner's human and design? Such good questions. And we're going to get deeper into this. I'll give you a preview. Yes, it can work. Everyone is potentially compatible with everyone else. 
are there some matches that, in my opinion, and Amari has his views about this, which we'll hear, and AC also has very strong views about this, which we'll hear when she gets here. But there are some matches that are a little bit easier, I think, than others, for sure. But what I think is awesome about human design is that it doesn't just help you to understand yourself better, but it does help you to understand your partner better in all of your relationships, not just romantic ones. I think that even if you may not have maybe the same or a type as someone that you're dating or, you know, maybe your charts on their face may not look like, oh, this is a natural match. It can still be a great match, especially when you understand how each other is wired and you can adjust accordingly. So that's my view, but definitely AC has very strong views on this. And I know Amari does too. So we'll definitely get into that. Thank you, Erin. Tracy, how are you, honey? Hello, I am doing well. And Erin pretty much said it all. Um, my thing is the more that I understand how the different or types can play off of each other or complement each other, I think just for me, I think that that would help my dating journey some. Really what I'm looking forward to learning more about. Amazing. Thank you, Tracy. Okay, so before I kick it over to Amari, who's going to give an overview of the five different aura types, I want to make sure that everybody has gotten their human design chart. So if you come into the room since we began, you can just do a quick Google human design chart and you need your birth details, your date, time, place of birth. The chart is free. It will generate automatically. So it'll only take you a moment to get that. And then this conversation will make a lot more sense. So there are 2 billion potential combinations of a human design chart. So needless to say, your chart contains a lot of information. It gets incredibly detailed. And we are not getting incredibly detailed today because (laughs) that would be a, uh, I don't know, like a 72 hour room if we tried to do that with everybody here. So we are going to, you know, really try to provide like the high level overview for you all today. And please do raise your hands and come up if you have questions. If you do have a question, please change your profile photo to your human design chart. Like Erin and I have, like Natasha and Maya and Liz and Leela and other people I see, a few other people, because it's just going to make it, it's going to save a lot of time for us to, rather than ask you a bunch of questions, we can get that quick overview of your chart. All right. So before we get into that, Amari Ice, please give us an overview. Actually, why don't you start with your how you describe human design, number one, and then number two, your overview of the five. Oh, we're going to be here for like 20 minutes. You want me to do all that? No. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it in six. <laughs> okay. So first of all, what is human design? It's pretty much a system that combines astrology with the I Ching, with the chakra system and the Kabbalah. Pretty much it's like um, a integrated look at a few different systems that is eerily on point that references our cosmic blueprint, if you will. So pretty much like Imagine your DNA, right? It's like the blueprint for your physical body and your human design is more so the blueprint for your energetic body. And within that system, there are four types of energetic bodies, which are referred to as the aura type. So you've probably already heard of aura at some point in your life. It's like the energy that surrounds the physical body, right? And some people can see auras. Most of us can't or don't 
recognize that we can or whatever, but it's the way that our energy is organized around the body. So the four aura types, not to be confused with anything else you've heard, so just listen to the types and then I'll explain them, are reflectors, manifestors, projectors, and they're generators, but technically two types of generators. Some people just consider all generators generators. Some people split them into two categories, which are pure generators and manifesting generators. And so we won't talk too much about what they mean, but the gist of each type manifestors the way that their aura is designed. It's like, we call it a closed aura and think of it like a seed, right? You plant a seed in soil and in order for a plant to grow, the seed has to be sturdy enough to withstand the pressure of manifesting its life force into the world. And so people who are manifestors, their aura is the same way. It's a closed aura in that it allows the energy of the manifestor to plant itself into, you know, life pretty much. And then you have projectors and manifestors are about eight or 9% of the population. Then you have projectors whose aura type is what we call penetrating. So the reason they're called projectors is because the aura projects outward and that's why it's penetrating. So imagine it's like moving into somebody else's space or whatever. And what's really cool about projectors is that they are able to really tune in to the people around them, especially in a one-on-one situation. They can do group stuff too, but the way that their aura penetrates into another's is why they're called projectors. Then you have generators whose aura is like enveloping. And so when you get into their space, it kind of like surrounds you and envelops you. In a way, you can think of it like the soil itself. So if we're going to use that same (laughs) analogy, the generator's aura is like the soil. So it will pretty much take in whatever is around it. And then you have manifesting generators, which is it's the same. So the aura actually looks the same. What makes them a manifesting generator is more about how the energy works internally, but that's a different conversation for a different day. And then reflectors, energy, their aura is kind of more dispersed and open and go with the flow. And so it's more like a sponge, if you want to think about it. And they are very much a sampling energy, so they can kind of adapt to whatever is around them. So that's like a brief introduction to the four aura types. It's literally about the shape and the form of your energy, but it tells us so much more than that. And that's what we're going to be getting into tonight, particularly around how it relates to dating and relationships. Oh, Amari, that was so good. See, I'm really glad that I asked you to do this because I think that this is for you and also for AC, I feel the same way. Every time I hear you describe the aura types, because you do it in a, like a different way every time, it hits different, you know? And I'm like, ooh, I really like this focus on how your energy interacts with other people. It's exactly on point for this conversation. You don't need human design to know the importance of our interpersonal energy, right? <laughs> and how we relate to other people. And some of us are obviously more sensitive to energy than others, but everyone is picking up on other people's energy all of the time, right? When you walk into a room and two people just had a fight, even if they're not fighting, like you are going to pick up like, ooh, there's something going on here, right? Like that's energy. When you meet somebody and you get a really good feeling, that's energy. When you meet somebody and you get a really bad feeling, that's energy, right? And so 
human design is awesome because it gives you a way to really understand how your energy works. So actually, this is good because on the stage right now, we've got good representation. I'm a projector. Aaron's a manifesting generator. Tracy's a generator. And Amari is a manifester. If there's any reflectors in the audience who want to ask any questions, reflectors are only about 1% of the population. So we don't get too many, but we do get some and we're always excited to meet reflectors. But I think we can maybe... For this overview, I think the four of us are actually pretty good examples of how this works. So me, I'm a projector. So as Amari described, my aura is penetrating, right? And so I have a good ability, as all projectors do, to really sample another person's energy, get a really good read on them very quickly, and to also kind of, because you are... um you're giving them this focus, it kind of draws people into you. So projectors, we have a strategy of waiting for the invitation. So it's always about how can we put ourselves in a position and take care of ourselves energetically so we are showing up as our true magnetic projector selves and then wait for people to acknowledge us and to invite us in. And the same thing applies with dating. So in terms of from a strategy perspective, I wouldn't recommend that projectors be the one who go across the room to say, hey, I think you're really cute and I want your number. It's not that you absolutely can't do that as a projector, but as a projector who's dated all sorts of ways, (laughs) in ways that worked and ways that did not, I can tell you that I definitely resonate with What the best connections for me were always when somebody was coming to me, right? But that doesn't mean that you're passive as a projector. So as you're waiting for the invitation, it doesn't mean that you just sit in your house on your sofa and hope that like somebody finds you. No, you still have to be willing to make yourself visible and to open yourself up to receive that invitation. But when you start to occupy spaces and go on dates with that energy of that openness and really creating the space for that acknowledgement and that invitation, that is going to make your dating life flow so, 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 so much better as a projector. So any projectors, and and this, by the way, everything we're saying, this is all gender neutral. This is nothing to do with, you know, gender, who you date. This is just as purely about you, (laughs) your energy is nothing to do with gender. I know that maybe for some people who have been socialized to think that like, you're the one who's supposed to be always like, charging across the room and making the first move, like really reflect on how that's worked for you, right? And reflect on, well, actually, when I do make the best connections with people, how has that happened? And was it me going and acting like a manifester, like Amari can go and cross the room if he wants to? (laughs) Or was it actually me creating the space to be invited? So does that make sense? And Amari, do you want to add anything on that for projectors before we move on to manifesting generators? Yeah, just a fun little tidbit. The reason projectors need to wait to be invited is because their energy is already penetrating the other person's space. And so if your energy is already in my space and you're initiating things before you've been invited, right? Once you're invited, cool. But it's like a, it's really intense. Another way to think about this is that projectors can kind of be provocative without saying anything right? Like they don't have to say or do anything, like just being there, the energy of a projector reaches people. And so once the person acknowledges or invites 
the projector, it's like, all right, your energy's here and I'm open to it. So in other words, projectors don't have to initiate things and the big shifts and changes in life, projectors don't have to initiate them in a way that, that the rest of our culture has been taught we need to because their energy is already doing it. Yes, it makes total sense. I can relate. It's too much for people. It comes off as way, way, way too much, too pushy. <laughs> so we got to take definitely take a step back as projectors. Natasha, hi, projector. Did you have a question that you wanted to ask? Hi, I'm actually a, an emotional manifester. Sorry, I didn't see all of your centers. Hi. Yeah, no, it's okay. I also have been told that I am a projector by transit right now. So, but... Yeah, so I'm confused about dating <laughs> in general, and um, there's a couple of things. So it hasn't often been well-received for me to do the manifester thing, and I don't know if that's because I'm a femme person or what, right, in the sort of conditioning that you spoke about, but I've gotten feedback that, like, I'm, you know, intense or basically that my ability to initiate things is like a lot for people sometimes. So I'm curious about, I don't know, anything about that. And then I would also love to hear in that context, what gifts manifestors have in dating that I could cultivate. Those are great questions, Natasha. Okay, this is a great way to do this. So I said we were going to go to generators next, but because that's a great question, I think we'll do manifestors first. And your question is a very common one. And you're just, I'm really glad that Amari is here to help you with this. It's from his manifestor perspective, and I have some advice as well. And then as to your second question, I think it's really good to just for each of the aura types for us to make a point of pointing out really what your gifts and what your superpowers are, because everyone has their own superpowers here, right? And so just to wrap up projectors, I'll say really your gift is in that you are very magnetic when you are really in your like full projector radiance. So just do that, follow your bliss, take care of yourself and just know that you're going to attract all of the goodness that you need. So you don't have to chase it, projectors. All right, Amari, manifestors. This is something that we hear all the time from femme manifestors in particular when it comes to dating? What's your advice for manifestors? Oh, this is going to be so fun, right? So yes, manifestors are the only aura type designed to initiate without any other type of like, you know, response or invitation or anything else. But what we have to remember is that it's not just go up to somebody, say what you want to say, and that's that. Nobody is designed to be douchey, <laughs> okay? Like, first things first. The second part of that is, so I'm also an emotional manifester, but anybody who has emotional authority, before we can act, so whatever your type is, whether you're a generator or a projector, or whatever. The other part of your strategy when you have emotional authority is to make sure your emotions are grounded first before you take action. Because if you are wild or wired and in that like ungrounded emotional state, you are not actually all in on whatever decision or choice you're making. That's anxiety essentially, right? So when your emotions aren't grounded, it's your anxiety that's preventing you from having the thing that you want. It's not the 
fact that you're not meant to initiate. You're just not meant to initiate until you're clear on what you're initiating, right? So when you are in that space of being grounded in whatever your choice or decision is, or you see someone cute, you're like, oh, I'm going to go talk to them, right? When you're at peace with that, the situation is going to turn out a lot differently. And this is true about anything that you attempt to initiate as a manifester. So this is back to you, Natasha. Anything that you attempt to initiate is going to be much more successful when you've gone through that emotional journey and gotten to that space of being relatively grounded there. Then you are clear. You're not clear about what you want or what you're really all in on until your emotions are clear. So that's the thing that I hear most from that. The other part of this, um, especially for those of us who are emotional manifestors, is the emotional center is attractive on its own. So in a this is like a slightly different hack for anybody who also has an emotional authority. That center is drawing people to you anyway. And so the the thing that you have to do is really look at what is showing up and how that matches the intention that you've set for yourself because it, it's almost like a speed up hack the moment your emotions get clear is also the only moment where the very next step is the step that leads you to exactly what you want or the person that you want or whatever so in other words you get that emotional grounding you're going to be a lot more effective and then the the other piece of that is around confidence especially for manifestors self-doubt is always going to undermine whatever decision that you take. So again, it's about being at peace with whatever you're going to do. And also remembering that you saying hi to someone or you going on a date with someone is not for you to see if they're your marriage partner immediately, right? Like the purpose of a first date is just to see if there's enough co-created chemistry to go on a second date, right? So it's to remember that you're not creating the whole kingdom from that first conversation, you're just initiating a conversation. And that also minimizes the pressure you're putting on yourself and that anxiety that could ensue. So how does that feel for you, Natasha? Um, that's really helpful, especially about the anxiety piece <laughs> and not taking action from anxiety. The challenge having emotional authority, I feel like, is sometimes I feel like my wave is always working meaning it's not super often that I feel that complete clarity and groundedness. feels like I'm always like turning something. But yeah, this is very helpful. Yeah. And that's a good point. It's not a hundred percent grounded for sure. It's I've allowed myself <laughs> to go through panic if you're feeling panic, whatever it is, to go through the, I don't think I want to do this anymore, like whatever it is. And then you get to that space of relative homeostasis. So think about it more like the ocean than being grounded like as a tree. You're, we're not saying like you're all the way rooted and just stable and steady like that. When you have emotional authority, it's more like an ocean. So you have the hurricanes and you have the tropical storms. Don't take action when you're in that space. Take action when the seas are calm. That's really what we mean in this sense. When the, when the sea is calm again is when you have enough clarity to take action that you can be confident in terms of those choices. That makes sense? It absolutely does. Thank you so much. And I also just wanted to say that I appreciate you saying, you know, <laughs> date to see how you feel first, because I feel like as a manifester, I have this whole 
list of qualities, things that I want to experience in a relationship and bring to a relationship. And what happens sometimes is that I, I don't do that. I don't feel into that initiate, see what happens, then see what the next step is. It's kind of like, why isn't this already here? Yeah. As a manifester, you just have to get used to your life being a process and throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so good. Okay. So a couple things. I want to welcome AC Brown to the stage and also Brianna and Val. Thank you for being here. AC, you have a piece of advice that I've heard you, you give before to femme manifestors who feel like they don't know how to, you know, how to navigate that initiation piece. So do you want to give that piece of advice to Natasha? Hello, everyone. Yes. So for manifestors, it's really important for you to almost, in my opinion, and what I've seen in the past from other manifestors, is to almost play a game with the people who you want to date and to, you know, say, you know, send them a drink, wink your eye at them. And it's not being forward or being pushy or thirsty. It's pretend that you're like a cheetah in the wild and you are pursuing your prey and you're, but you're doing it in a very, in a manner that is more appealing, appealing to you. So if you're like a sex kitten and you're doing it like that, if you're more cool and relaxed, then you're doing it like that. Or if you're like, you know, comical, you know, maybe sending them a drink saying that you look dry over there, you're thirsty, like something like that. It's all about sort of like playing a game. So you don't feel like you are pursuing someone that feels unnatural to you. Yeah, I love that. Especially because this is like so important for everyone. We only chase what we haven't made space for. And I think sometimes we, especially when it comes to manifestors, we assume initiating is the same thing as chasing. It's not about chasing. It's about every other type isn't designed to initiate, right? So generators are waiting for a response from their gut and projectors are waiting for an invitation. Manifestors are sending invites, right? And so I love that example, AC, about sending a drink, making it a game, because you're inviting people to play with you as a manifester. Like that is really what it's about. And obviously that resonates with me, anybody who knows anything about what I do and how I talk about stuff because play is at the center of everything. It's why I wear this crown whenever I'm at work. It's to remind you to play because we're all going to be most engaging, most fascinating, most attractive when we're in that state of play. So that was so good, AC. Oh my God. That was so great. And for everyone, regardless of your aura type, the more the more playfulness, the more fun, the more excitement you can bring to dating. Like so many people are just resigned to dating being like, like, it's just supposed to be hard. It's just supposed to be a struggle. You're supposed to hate it. It's like, no, why? Why? No, the more fun you make it for yourself, the more successful you're going to be. So that was so great, AC. Thank you for your question, Natasha. Let's go through, I want to get through generators and manifesting generators and reflectors, but I don't want to forget this. So I'm going to just put it out there. Amari and AC, I think it would be really helpful for people if you were to give advice specifically for those who have emotional authority, because it is 75% of the population and I don't have emotional authority. So I, it sounds hard, y'all, I must say. <laughs> it sounds challenging. 
I would love for, to, for you to give advice on how to navigate that wave through the process of dating. I think that would be really helpful for people. But before we do that, I want to talk about generators. Like, uh, actually, let's talk about manifesting generators because I was kind of going in order. Erin, manifesting generator. I would love if you have any questions, you want to repeat your question from before now that AC is here as the starting off point. Yes. And I'm going to ask AC to be kind to us manifesting generators when she responds. Um, running joke. Hello. Ha ha. She loves um, manifesting generators. <laughs> but um, my question was just about the compatibility factor and can any aura type date or be in relationship with any other aura type and it's just a matter of understanding what their aura type means and how they interact with yours or is there really just better matches that's a great question <laughs> wait um, also erin did you have a manifesting generator question too though okay perfect so here's the thing no manifesting generator slander from me today um i'm a little bit more open to all of the aura types, except for manifestors. But that's another <laughs> story. I'm completely decided that that's not going to be good for me after looking at my relationship history. No more manifestors as far as romantic relationships, but platonic, bring it on. So I do believe that every aura type can date every aura type. It's not a matter of and as Franny knows, compatibility is very layered. Um, do I think that some match better than others? Absolutely. But I think that it's mostly figuring out how to communicate because the biggest thing, and it never fails, manifesting generators, since I'm talking to you, Aaron, manifesting generators have to learn how to communicate what they need from their partners because they have the energy and the aura of not needing someone on a personal level. So it is challenging for manifesting generators to get close to people. I just did a podcast interview with um, these two girls who I've done a podcast with them before. And one of the women is a manifesting generator. And she always says, she said, AC, you are so right. All the guys that I've dated have said, I feel like you don't care about being in a relationship with me or being with me or dating me. And she's like, that's not the case. It's just that I, it's not necessarily a priority for you all consciously, I believe. So you have to figure out how to communicate your desire to be with that person, to be in communication with them. You have to let them know like, Hey, I'm a type of person, I don't need to talk to you every day. I'm good with talking to you once a week or I don't need this. So it's really about setting the tone and I'm harping on manifesting generators the most just for the simple fact that you all have that energy that you don't need someone else. Now you want someone else and you desire someone else, but because you have a lot going on usually in your life with multiple things, multiple stuff that you're doing, it comes across as that a romantic relationship sometimes is not a priority. So that's that for manifesting generators. Make sure you communicate how you like to be loved or how you love very early on so people have an understanding. Because in my, you know, working with people and in my opinion, dating, 
that was probably the biggest thing with manifesting generators. They didn't communicate what actually works for them. And so I'm stuck as someone who I like to be in contact. I like certain things done during the courting process and they're just not thinking about it at all. So does that help, Erin? Yes, it does very much though. It's um, a little bit crazy because I'm a Gemini and communication is our thing. But I think what I'm taking away from what you're saying is that I need to be clear about what I'm communicating about. Yeah. And I think it's, it also reminds me, I think on a very basic, even flirting level, I think that energy that you do have as a manifesting generator, and this is just for anyone who has, a, and so this would apply to generators too. If you're a generator who has a lot of energy and you're very social, because you're so energetic and you are kind of energetically enveloping people as, uh, and, you know, and filling up that space, as Amari was saying earlier, it's very easy to feel like you're giving everyone the exact same amount of energy. And so it doesn't translate as, oh, no, no, you're special. Like, yeah, I'm giving all these people energy, but I'm giving it to you, especially like in this particular way. I think that can get a little lost in translation with some manifesting generators in particular and generators as well. So just be mindful of that. Just know like the more of that space that you take up, the more intentional you're going to have to be about, oh, no, no, I'm going to focus that energy on you so you know that you are special and I see you. Does that make sense? Um, this is more so a general generator comment, but... I, I think I'm going to say that until we go to Tracy, actually. I think it'll be a, a, a better tie-in to, to wrap them both up together like that. Okay, great. So, all right. So manifesting generators, hope that was helpful. And now let's move on to generators. So Tracy, you, you had a similar question to Erin, but is there anything specifically you want to ask? Just kind of taking it all in because I know that there is some crossover between the manifesting generator and generator. So I just want to know a little bit more of what that nuance um, difference is between the two. Because what you were just saying about me putting out so much energy and thinking, okay, I'm giving out energy equally, but I'm not. But I have to actually make that delineation or highlight that, yes, I am going to give you energy or just be more mindful about what I'm giving. Yeah. I'm going to toss it to Amari or AC. Yeah. Two things that I want to say. So the first is about dating different types. So regardless of what your aura type is, so we, we've had that question around, you know, can all the types be compatible? And AC's already said, definitely. Right. And I know that when we look for compatibility, we want to know, but what's the best fit for me so that I can look for that? In actuality, the whole point of human design is for you to trust your strategy and authority. In other words, to trust yourself, to trust your intuition, to trust your own instincts. And so nothing that you read is going to tell you who is best for you. The only thing that's actually going to tell you that is your own instincts and intuition. It is using your own strategy and, and authority that's going to give you that answer. Rather than looking outside of yourself for what should I do, who should I look for, what this system is intending to do is teach you to look inside for that answer as you experience the people around you. So that's the first part, using your strategy and authority, your own intuition and instincts to make those decisions because that's never going to lead you astray. The other part about it 
the generator piece is often, and I don't know that we've said this yet, but like the generator strategy is to wait to respond, right? So wait for some impetus to, to trigger a response, right? And the authority for the generator is sacral authority. So you're making that gut yes or no. And often we kind of talk about it as if what a generator is waiting for is for someone else to give them something to respond to. And this is both generators and manifesting generators, by the way, where we talk about it as if they're waiting for someone else to give them something to respond to. But in actuality, what they're waiting for is that internal response from their gut. They're not waiting for somebody else. They're waiting for the yes or no internally based on whatever it is they're experiencing, even if it's their own thoughts. So as a generator, it's remembering that as you date, as you swipe, right, (laughs) or left, it's trusting those instincts and asking yourself, does this feel like a hell yes or a hell no to me? And following those hell yeses to, I was going to say the freedom, to, <laughs> to love. Um, I think that that is so well put, Amari. And it reminded me of a couple of other things that I think would, that would help everyone who's a generator or a manifesting generator when it comes to dating. So number one, I think one of the biggest differences is that manifesting generators, please make sure that you are not committing to people too quickly, right? So you go on the date, you've got the chemistry, and that does not mean this is your person. (laughs) And I think that for manifesting generators, the tendency is to just to go very quickly. And you got to slow that down and give yourself time to get to know that person and then see what your gut says versus generators. You don't need that waiting period that manifesting generators need. So you are better at that quicker decision about people. However, you still want to make sure that you are being open and understanding that just because somebody is a yes for, say, to go on a date with or a yes to go on a second date with, it doesn't mean that this is a yes to spend the rest of your life with. So don't get over attached to that outcome and be flexible as new information comes in. I'd like to throw a complication into the conversation. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. This is, <laughs> Remember, this is we... also true. Yeah, this is also true for those of us with emotional authority, because you don't have clarity in the moment. You have to wait your emotions out. And so what this looks like is, and in my own experience, I'll meet someone and I'm like really, really excited, right? Just, I'm excitable, right? I'm excited. The next day, I'm like, <laughs> what happened? I'm bored now, right? Like, I remember going through this in my college or in like my early 20s and stuff, right? So the the thing about the emotional authority is until you've gone through the point of, let me say this a slightly different way. The excitement that happens when you have emotional authority, when it's not grounded, you will want to make all of your decisions from that excited place, but you haven't looked at all of the the different factors or the different feelings that you have about the situation, right? And so it usually takes going through something that like burst your bubble, if you will, to come back to reality enough to feel the rest of those feelings. Because in our, you know, holding to the excitement, we're also ignoring 
maybe red flags or we're ignoring it, it might not even be red flags it could just be realities that we aren't allowing ourselves to consider because this good part feels so good we just want to stay here and so until you've gone through the process of feeling good and feeling like i won't call it despair but just like oh a reality check right it's having your bubble burst it not necessarily because they did or didn't do anything but just your own internal um reality check about the situation to bring you back to that space of like homeostasis until you've seen and felt all those different things and you've arrived back at that neutral place like for me like i would recommend you not commit to someone until you get back to that neutral place because then you'll see all the things so in my own experience i've for sure committed to people when i was still very excited and then a day or two or a week later, it's like, I'm 0% excited now. And now I want to get out. And then on the other side of that, sometimes it's like, this is the worst thing ever. And like, essentially what we do with emotional authority, whatever emotion we're feeling, it's like a whole lot of emotion, right? Uh, and, and not to say it's uncontrollable or inappropriate or whatever. It's just like, we we will feel our feelings in a way that, can sometimes just feel like a lot. And if we don't allow ourselves to honor those feelings, that's when they create trouble for us, right? Anytime we avoid feelings or ignore feelings, that's when we tend to sabotage ourselves. And that's across the board with anybody. So allowing yourself to feel those feelings and own and honor those and process those feelings is the surest fire way for you to get to that space of internal clarity around whether or not someone's good for you. And the only way to do that is by waiting and not a year, but wait a couple of weeks, wait a couple of months and see if you still feel the same. Once you get to the point where you've gone through your emotions and now your emotions are relatively neutral over time. Omari, yo, <laughs> that denial that you're talking about, when you hold on to the excitement and then it's like, I don't want to go down. I don't want to go down. But then everything is like, no, you need to let this go. Yeah. D denial is often, and again, it doesn't have to be that we're denying something bad about the person. It's just whatever the denial is about until we get to that place of acceptance, we are, we, we aren't allowing ourselves to live in reality and therefore we can't have a real relationship. We're talking about dating by your human design. And this is a conversation that I absolutely have to have with Amari and AC and all of you. This is amazing. I appreciate you all for being here. I did just turn off hand raising because we have a hard out in 36 minutes. And I don't like to bring people up to the stage unless I know that we have time to talk to them. So we'll try to go a little faster um, so we can talk. We'll definitely talk to everyone who's on stage now. And if we have time, I will turn that back on. But I see you. Appreciate you. Thank you for being here. And next up we have, is it Brianna or Brianna? It is Brianna. How are you? Hi, Brianna. Brianna, we have a reflector on the stage. This is so exciting. Wonderful Yay. to meet you. Thank you for being here. Do you have a question? Um, I do. I also have a question more so about even relationships and understanding me in relationships. Because as a reflector, you call bullshit on a lot of things. And so, and you feel things differently. And I don't, I'm not necessarily just in dating, but in 
dating or helping other people or I never hear a lot about reflectors. So I'm so eager to learn more about me. So I just kind of wanted to see what you had said and also a lot about the denial, a lot of like not owning your own crap. So I get that. Just kind of want to hear like everybody's views on being a reflector and how that can help me, I guess. Great. I love it. Well, this is perfect because last but not least, it's time for us to talk about reflectors. AC Brown, do you want to? Sure. I was mid-chew and I know how you are about sound. <laughs> so um, <laughs> for reflectors, as far as love is concerned, it's really important for you also to respect the 28 days when it comes to love and to not rush yourself and to really the biggest thing for reflectors is to really understand the other person's natural like abilities to love you i see a lot and and this is for anybody but mostly for reflectors you want to really journey with someone and see how they naturally are because their natural state is going to affect you more than anybody else because remember you have all of those open centers so if someone is putting on a show for you or they're saying that they're romantic and then you find out three weeks later that they're not like that's what you're really waiting out because that's going to affect you more because you get hit harder emotionally when things change with people when you're in a relationship with them so that's my biggest advice is when you are a reflector you're really almost like observing an animal not saying that people are animals but you're almost observing someone in their natural habitat all the time to see how they are because their energetic changes are going to be a lot more like serious for you I totally agree with that, AC. And what I would add to it is that because you have all of those open centers and because you are taking in so much energy and so much information from people at all times, it's like super important for you to make sure that you have some habits, rituals, which you probably already naturally do um, to just as a reflector, I'm sure you naturally do, but just know how to like discharge all of that energy at the end of the day and have your time to yourself, have your time in solitude. And in dating, if you meet anyone who is not respectful of your need for solitude, right? And they take that personally, or they try to like manipulate you or guilt you into spending time with them when you know that you actually need to be on your own, just know that that is not, in my opinion, a good match for you. So I just wanted to offer that. I hope that that resonates. And Amari, did you want to add? Yeah, I I do this thing. I don't think we ever talk about where I kind of like cross-reference aura types with centers that kind of most resonate with those same energies to me with the the profile numbers that resonate with a similar energy, right? And so I kind of think about reflectors in the same way I do the the emotional center, right? Because when you have emotional authority, you got to let yourself feel out all those emotions before you make a decision. And in a similar way, reflectors are supposed to wait a whole moon cycle before they make those major decisions. My 
advice here is that I'm going to say it this way, like very few people (laughs) are designed to make a decision about, you know, whether or not someone's right for them forever in the moment, right? But the cool thing about reflectors is I personally think that reflectors have the easiest time when it comes to dating because of their own ability to be adaptable. And so it's once you find someone who shares those values, who you're attracted to, who you get along with, it's usually easier for reflectors to do what we were talking about earlier around like the communication challenges is easier for reflectors to date other types than it might be for other types because they're so adaptable. So it's just making sure as a reflector that you know what your non-negotiables are at the beginning so that you don't get caught up in a relationship situation that actually doesn't work for what you know you want in your life because you're so adaptable. Does that make sense? And another way to to think about this, we often talk about, you know, matching energy. Like people will say, oh, I'm going to match whatever energy they're giving. I'm going to respond to them the same way they respond to me. That is actually ineffective advice for 99% of the population. Nobody's designed to do that except for reflectors. So reflectors are actually the only people who are capable truly and it being in integrity with who they are of matching the energy of whoever they're interacting with. But again, only do that from a place of being sure that that person shares your values, which are the number one component of long-term compatibility and has those other qualities that you know you need and doesn't have any of your deal breakers. But once you get through that, it's like, go with the flow because that's how you're designed. So yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you all so much. Oh yeah. Yo, that was great. I learned so much as well. That was great. Actually, Amari, I'm curious because you mentioned that different aura types, you relate them to different uh, centers. And so for reflectors, it's the emotional center for well, everyone. Generators are, yeah, generators are easy because it's, it's the same girl, right? It's the go, 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 keep going. Like that. that's just automatic. Reflectors are the emotional solar plexus. To me, I kind of feel like projectors, this is just fun, right? This is just my own like mental understanding of things. But I kind of feel like projectors are the, not just one center, but the whole head in that they're able to to see and process and give other people like whatever they need to accomplish their goals. So in the way that our minds for ourselves, you know, give us whatever evidence we need based on the decisions we've made internally, projectors kind of do that externally, but for other people. So I think of them that way. And then manifestors, I really feel like emotional manifestors are a lot different than the than the other manifestors. And so I feel like on one hand, manifestors are the, what do we call that other one? The spleen. And then the other manifestors are the throat. So yeah, that's just my fun little breakdown. But it's even more fun when we talk about the numbers, but I feel like that would be, that'll take too long for this conversation. Because um, yeah, it, the profile numbers really do a thing when we look at it. I love it. I love it. See, that's why we had Human Design Happy Hour every week for months and months and months, because it's like it's such an endless 
wonderful rabbit hole. I want to take a moment to make sure, especially for those of you who are new to human design and you're like, this is a lot of information, what's going on? A great place for you to start on your journey of going deeper into human design is AC's podcast, Is My Aura On Straight? Is My Aura On Straight? It's available wherever you get your podcasts. And she has lots of episodes about human design specifically and other things as well. But it's a really, really great place to start and learn a lot more about your chart and yourself, which is wonderful. That's what we're here for. Okay. So thank you, Brianna. Nice to meet you. Val, welcome to Clubhouse. Welcome to True Love Tuesday. Thank you so much for your patience. No problem. I appreciate the opportunity. Actually, perfect segue with Amari and talking about the dating gurus of today. So full disclosure, human design is really new to me. And based on survival and my choice to serve a full career in the military, my masculine and feminine energies have been switched my whole life. And I'm now trying to find the balance with that. And I really appreciate leaning more into my feminine. So here lies the dilemma. I'm a manifester. <laughs> so everything they're teaching me is not teaching me like my correct way. So I'm stuck there. And then additionally, I'm a martyr and I just have that whole complex everything. So now in my 40s, I'm just like having aha moments with human design. But I'm still trying to tune into my spleen. So like the emo conversation and how that flows, I totally understand it. But because I don't operate correctly, in my opinion, I can't tune into my spleen. So guidance on dating and manifestors and just what society is expecting of us is kind of the perspective that I'm looking for. Wow, Val, that's, those are great questions. And um, all right. I'm going to, Amari and AC, I'm going to throw it to you. I also just want to remind everyone that we are, we do have a hard stop today in 23 minutes. So apologies that we can't go super deep into everything, but we can still give everyone something juicy. (laughs) This is such a set of things. I think I'll start with like the the masculine feminine energy piece, because that's, that's pretty fine. Here's the thing even outside of human design, right? Like, like let's take a, a brief moment outside of this system. Each of us are a different combination of that, that masculine and feminine polarity. And what our culture tries to do is tells us that one gender, because it, it tells us there are only two, which we already know is an issue in itself, but like, it tries to tell us that one gender is the feminine gender, the other gender is the masculine gender. But when we look at even heterosexual relationships on their own, we know tons of couples where that is not true and where it doesn't work. And we can see that a lot of the relationship problems that people tend to have is because the energies at play are forcing people to be different than their natural polarity, right? And so in other words, if you tend to be female-bodied person with more masculine energy, that polarity naturally, if you are attracted to male-bodied people, you naturally are going to attract more feminine men energetically, right? Because that's how the polarities work. And so I think what tends to happen is because we are often forced into boxes without taking the actual individual into account, as we grow up and we start dating and we start trying to be successful and in our careers and everything else, we have this crisis of consciousness that we have to unpack because we've been taught or conditioned to operate in a way that isn't actually natural for who we are individually. And so the beauty of human design is that 
and even though it's not in the the context of like masculinity and femininity or culture necessarily the beauty of it is that it is helping us to get back to that place where we honor how we actually are in our own nature and showing us how to to thrive and and receive our abundance of love of finances of whatever it is to be happy in our own lives and at peace with ourselves as we are because we are enough as we are where we are and we don't have to be different than we are in order to thrive and so that's the piece that i'll put there <laughs> but i'll let ac jump hi this is tracy i just wanted to say really quickly amari what you just said about the energetic polarities and being opposites because I have a lot of male energy and what you just said turned on such a significant light bulb for me because I have a lot of male energy. And I found that going into relationships or trying to have a relationship, because I have so much male energy, I often find myself in like that head-to-head battle competition on, I don't want to say who can be more masculine, but that whole masculine programming that goes on that a man is supposed to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm one of those women who does X, Y, and Z. So then I end up in the, who's a better mechanic, who's a better this, who's who can lift more ways or whose body is better. And you just saying that just spoke, like I said, it turned on such a major light bulb for me. So thank you. Yes. And we're recording this. This is going to be the next episode of Dear Franny podcast. It's, it's going to be live on Friday. So if you missed any part of this amazing room, just know that you have a chance to listen to it over and over and over again, if you would like. AC, did you want to add something to what Amari just shared, which was incredible? No, I think what he said was really good, especially since she's a manifester, just like him. I agree. I mean, many of the manifestors that I know are very feminine in their energy and they date really, really amazing. And they send drinks, they wink, they do all of those things. So it's really how you are in your being and you can still present and you can still have that feminine energy that you desire and still inform. I think, and the one thing I will add to this is And this is for everyone because we all have, you know, insert whatever the thing is that you think is going to make it harder for you or, you know, to connect or to find love or what have you. But whatever judgment you have towards yourself about, you know, oh, I'm all like mixed up. I'm all turned around. And like, there sounds like there's some judgment. There's some criticism there. Like, just release that. Like, just release the judgment. It's okay. And there's nothing wrong with being stronger in your masculine energy than your feminine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Even if you are recognizing that you want to come more into more of a balance, that's beautiful, but there's nothing wrong with where you are. So I think just by releasing the judgment, it's going to make that easier. And I think, and this is for everyone, but I, I hear this a lot from manifester women who date men is a lot of this worry and it's a lot of just judgment and story that you have about what it means to be a manifester, what it means to be a strong woman and like all of that, because and it's not your fault. You know, it's the Cinderella shit. It's the fairy tale industrial complex. You've been inundated with it your whole life. So it's not your fault. <laughs> right. But just, I want to just encourage you to release that judgment. I hope that's helpful.
Yes, it's, it's incredibly helpful. I no longer hold the alpha female badge of honor. I see it was like a shadow and not my way. So I'm really, I quit my job in the last year and I've just really been focusing on myself. So leaning into that masculine and or uh, in the feminine has just been so comforting to me. So I'm I'm on my way, but now I'm just still struggling with just the manifester dating and informing and I have to kind of lead it. And that goes, and the, I guess my point was that goes against all the dating gurus advice. So I struggle there. Well, I don't know who these yeah. dating gurus are. I don't listen to anybody but myself and Amari. So <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm tuning in now. <laughs> and, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want to like remind people of something really important because because this conversation kind of comes up often when we talk about human design and dating, especially for manifestors and and when we talk about like gender and, and aura type. It's to remember that your aura type is about the structure of your energy. It's not about your personality. Right. And so I think often we get caught up in the manifestors, the masculine energy, but that is not like those are not the same conversation. You can be hella feminine and be a manifestor. It's not about your personality. It's about the way your energy is set up in order to navigate through life. And so the easiest way to think about this is to let go of gender roles when we're talking about aura types because we're, we're not talking about gender at all. And if we do that, and, and we tend to only do it when it comes to manifestors, we don't really have this conversation where we're talking about generators or reflectors or projectors often as it, as it relates to gender. I, I just notice it often comes up with manifestors, but that's because we have attached the ability to initiate with the masculine gender role. And that is one of the primary reasons why we have so many issues in our society is because we tell people that they can't use power unless they have, you know, certain <laughs> genitalia. And that's like a, a whole bastardization of what life and power is really about. So we just got to let go of that little like mix up there. Ooh, that was a whole word. Yes, Amari to all of that. Okay. We got a few minutes. We're going to do this. Cinnamon. Hi, friend. So my question is, I, I'm actually looking to get off the relationship escalator. And, you know, I, because I'm poly, I know that I have the ability to easily connect with, with people. Like I wind up in these long relationships. I no longer interested in, I already have, you know, I have a family, I, I have kids, like I've been married. And I know that as, you know, AC often says for generators, like we don't have to be in a relationship, like it's an optional thing. As a generator with a sacral authority, I'm just curious, you know, I would just love some advice in terms of being able to, you know, dating without being on the relationship escalator. Okay, that's what you said, off the relationship escalator. Amari or AC, do you want to take this from a generator perspective? Because I just have it from more of a general. Well, I think what you're referring to, Cinema, is your definition. Single definition people don't need to be in a relationship. They don't have to be. That's because you process information by yourself. And I'll just give a rundown really, really quick. So single definition people, think about your human design chart. We process information. So we have our own operating systems inside of us. So single definition people, we have our own operating system, meaning that we don't need anybody else to make decisions, to have conversations, to process information. Other definitions, split definition, people, 
they need another person to have dialogue with to process information that's why they say split definition people should be in relationships it would be better for them and then triple split people they need a bridge and then quads they need to get away from people and go process on themselves and then come back to the group that's just a quick rundown but when it comes to generators and being in the relationship kind of cycle that does happen as well but i would say to you is to get off of the elevator, you just have to get off and to have boundaries when people try to give you relationships to respond to. Because what's happening probably is that you're just responding to people who want to be in a relationship with you and you're not expressing what you truly desire because that response mechanism within you is so strong. You're here to respond. So if someone's like, oh my God, I love you and I want to be with you we'll be in a relationship. And you're like, whoa, I'm Polly and this is how it works. And they're like, okay, awesome. And they're just going with the flow. You have to like kind of cut off that response. I'm totally open and upfront with people about the fact that I am Polly. But for me, that doesn't mean that we don't have a relationship. It just means that it's not the traditional, you know, what most people think a relationship is. Like we can still have all of the you know, like, I'm not looking to cohabitate with anybody. I don't want to get married. No, no, no. I'm not yeah. saying that. You know I'm what I mean? Saying, yeah. I, I was saying more of you're responding to people being okay with whatever you're doing. And that's how you're getting kind of stuck in the elevator. Meaning that, you know, people, you're like, well, I live on the 10th floor. And the other person's like, okay, I'll go to the 10th floor with you. No problem. What else do you want me to do? Kind of thing is what I'm saying. Not that you're poly. That has nothing to do with it. What I'm saying is that since you're responding, you're responding to people who are offering you things or giving you questions, things that you don't want. So you have to make the choice to like not respond is what I'm saying. Does that make sense? Yeah, And I, I'll add a little bit to that. It, it's, it's kind of what I mentioned earlier about generators waiting to respond to other people rather than waiting to respond to your own guts information. So it's really like, they might offer or say, hey, I want to be with you or whatever, but it's really about checking in with yourself and asking, but do I want to be with them though, right? But does this feel right for me though? Not about what's right for them or what they want or what they don't want, but what does Cinnamon want? And only accepting, you know, any invitations or initiations or opportunities that already fit with what you know you want for you rather than, saying yes to whatever opportunities other people may be presenting. So it's pretty much having a criteria for your yes before saying yes. So that way you know it. Cinnamon, I'll just add this. This is just from my general dating advice perspective. You have a pattern. Everybody has a pattern. Who you are naturally attracted to and who you naturally attract is somebody who's hardwired for a relationship. And that's fine. You can change that pattern, but the pattern can't persist without you continuing to choose those people. So you know what it looks like, you know, like Amari just said, you know, coming to that place and and AC just said, coming to that place of clarity for yourself. Okay. I know what I naturally attract. I know what my pattern is, but now what am I valuing? How do I now show up differently? How do I recognize? You're going to know instantly when you meet somebody who's like, wants to try to be you're you know, in a relationship with you in a week, you know that energetically. So now that you know that, be like, oh, that's not who I'm going to date. 
and then choose to date someone else. So it's like, I agree exactly with what AC said. You get off the elevator whenever you decide to get off the elevator. That's how anybody changes any pattern. It's like, oh, this is my pattern. I'm just going to stop doing that and do something else because that will change the pattern. And then you get new information and all of that. I hope that's helpful. Thank you for your question, honey. Liz, thank you so much for your patience. Really appreciate you hanging with us. Hi, thank you for having me. I am also a generator and contrary to the to cinnamon, I don't date. I find it very hard and I don't know, people just don't come up to me and it's hard. I, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your vulnerability. There are a lot of people of all aura types who can relate to what you're saying. This is a phase that you are in, right? You're in a phase right now where you are more closed off and it's not to judge yourself. And I've been there, but right now it's about you starting to push yourself outside of your comfort zone because The reason that people aren't approaching you is because energetically they don't feel an invitation to do that. So you starting to open up is going to shift all of that dramatically, but I'm going to throw it to Amari to give you something really juicy to take with you. (laughs) What's funny is I was literally going to start with those same words, right? Like we have to give people a reason to want to come up to us, which means making our own presence inviting Right. And so, and I want to clarify, like as a generator, yes, you're waiting to respond, but that doesn't mean you sit at home and wait for literally wait for somebody to come up to you. You still have to put yourself in the flow of the thing that you want once you want it. Right. Cause right now you said you don't date. sounds like maybe you don't want to at this point, but when you're in a position where no, you she do does want, want to, right, Liz, you're ready to date. Yes. And I go out and I travel and I I, am open. I, I really am. Got it. Okay. So the thing that often happens is we will, especially when we just started to shift the pattern or come out of a process that we've been doing for a long time, what we will tell ourselves is that it's going to be hard to change. And so because we've decided it's going to be hard, we won't let it be easy even though on its own it is. And so in other words, the first thing that we have to do is decide that there's an easy way for me to have the thing that I want and I am willing to see it. So you have to both accept that there's an easy way and you have to be willing to see that way or else you will ignore every opportunity that comes to you that will prove it can be easy if we've already decided it's gonna be hard. So it's making that conscious decision to let it be easy, to give ourselves permission to let love be easy and to let ourselves be easy to love. So these are two separate things. But when we make that decision, we naturally will not just put ourselves in a situation where it can find us because we, like you said, you're already out and about, you're doing things, but we also open ourselves up to receiving the thing that we want. Because I guarantee you, for most people, There are numerous people that you encounter regularly that are interested in you, but because you've decided no one is interested in you, you don't see their advances or accept their advances as advances. And so until we decide that we are willing to receive the thing that we've asked for, we won't even see when the light goes off 
in the lighthouse, right? We're like in a boat or whatever, <laughs> in the ocean at midnight or whatever. We don't, we won't even see the light in the lighthouse because we've decided that it doesn't exist or it's too hard. So you got to make that decision first and then it'll be easy to see the light. I just clipped that. That was everything. Liz, I hope that was as helpful to you. Yes, it was. Well, thank you. I Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't agree with some things. I'm really out there. But yeah, just people don't approach me. And I don't think it's hard. But yeah, I, I, pro I promise you, I, I used to be someone who I, I, I was the same as you. I traveled the world. I felt that I was never approached. And when I decided that maybe there was something that I could do to be more inviting, even though I was very social, I was there was some there was some block there. And once I opened myself up to that possibility, it changed how I started to show up in those spaces. And then I started getting approached all the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I met my boyfriend walking down the street, but that's not something that ever would have happened when I was in that mindset of like, oh, this just never happens to me. I had to, I had to be willing to consider the possibility that just because it hadn't been happening to me, it wasn't because it was anything you know, that was wrong with me or I'm too this or I'm too that. It's just like, well, I just need to shift something here. So I would encourage you to start working on your eye contact, your smiling, you know, your flirting skills, just you can do this. And I promise you it'll, it doesn't take a lot. It's a very small shift. Thank you. Thank and, you. And the last thing that I'll add to that. So you mentioned that you aren't getting approached. The thing I want everybody to remember is approach is not a one-way street. It, we are approaching each other when we're talking about love and relationships. So one person might initiate the conversation, but our energy is actually approaching the other person's energy simultaneously. So I would, I would also suggest that when you're out, you notice people that you want to approach yourself, that you would want to approach you, and that'll also open that energetic gate to... Great, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much, Amari and AC, for really being so amazing and joining today and answering all these fantastic questions. Thank you, Erin and Tracy, for co-hosting and for your amazing questions. Thank you, Natasha and Val and Cinnamon and Liz. I just, I just really appreciate everyone who's in this room and especially those of you who come up to the stage and you share. It helps everyone. If you are not already following the True Love Society, oh, I keep on saying following. It's not following anymore. It's joining. So please join us. You can do so by tapping that greenhouse above Aaron's head. We host True Love Tuesday every Tuesday at this time, which is 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And on Mondays, we host Manifestation Monday, which is the happiest day of the week at the same time. And we'd love to see you there. Amari, AC, and I also have another club called Love, Money, and Magic. And we have a room that we host on Wednesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. So we'd love to see you there as well. Thank you so much for listening to this extra special episode on dating by your human design type. I hope that you got a lot out of it. And again, I want to invite you to join us on Clubhouse where we are talking about dating and manifestation every single week on Mondays and Tuesdays. And we have some other rooms sometimes too. So be sure to check out the True Love Society on Clubhouse. Also want to invite you to visit thetruelovesociety.com 
That is my membership community. It is $25 a month and you get so much out of it. I get so much out of that community and the women in the community get so much out of supporting each other and knowing that they are not alone on their journey. And I really would love for you to join us if that resonates with you. And I want to thank you again for listening to the podcast. Thank you for those of you who have subscribed, reviewed, taken the time to write that five-star review. I am so grateful to you. If this podcast resonates with you, if you find it valuable, I would invite you to do the same. Definitely subscribe. You can give us that five-star review just by tapping those five stars on whichever platform you are listening to your podcast. And also please share it with a friend if you think that they would get some value out of it. I am really determined this year that to really end 2021 strong in terms of the service that I am providing to the world in their dating journey and also really want to make sure that the podcast gets out far and wide. And so I really appreciate and enlisting your support in making that happen. So thank you very, very much wherever you are in the world. I appreciate you for taking the time to spend a little time with me and my friends today on the podcast. Thank you so much. Please be sure to follow AC Brown and Amari Ice. There will be links in the show notes to their social media. There will also be a link to AC's podcast, Is My Aura On Straight? And you can connect with me on all social. I'm at Dear Franny, very easy to find on Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, and everywhere. I appreciate you. Have a beautiful day, night, evening, wherever you are in the world. Thank you. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.